Welcome to CUCC's Sermons for Everyone. No matter who you are or where you find yourself on life's journey, we're glad you've tuned in, and we hope you find meaning in this week's sermon. So life happens, right? With or without your consent, life continues to happen. As we all know, it doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes things turn out far better than expected, sometimes far worse, and other times the far worse outcomes become the lightning rod you needed to achieve the far better a crazy ride we're on, right? One that, that can dramatically change in the blink of an eye. And here's something I'm learning. We all get to decide on how we're going to respond to, relate to, and retell the many ups and downs that make up our lives' fascinating story. And that the way we relate to the things we're going through has a massive impact on on our joy, our happiness, our ability to handle pain. Have you ever met a full-blown pessimist? An Eeyore? A dark cloud, woe is me, nothing ever works out, straight up doomsdayer. Doesn't matter what's going on around them. It just seems like they're, they're looking, just looking at life through some dark lenses. Everything they read in the news is the end of the world. Every obstacle's too big. Every setback is defeating. When life throws them a curveball, when things don't go as planned, when the inevitable pain of life makes a surprise visit, The pessimist puts their head down and sighs. My life sucks. Everything sucks. Welcome to another sucky chapter to my life's sad story. At the same time, I wonder if you've ever met an over-the-top optimist. Doesn't matter what's going on in the world or in their own life, they just smile, smile, smile and smile. Everything's fine. Everything will work out. Don't let yourself feel sad or mad. It's not good for you. Hakuna Matata. Don't worry. Be happy. Everything's great. Now, there's some polar opposite ways of relating to and retelling one's life story. Two different ways of responding to the inevitable pain that life throws at all of us. And I wonder between those two characters, who would you rather hang out with? Who would you rather be friends with? Who would you rather be married to? Or who would you rather be yourself? And I don't think you want to answer that too quickly because as easy as it might be to pick the optimist, Right? It, an optimism bias can be equally as unhealthy as an infinitely dark cloud. Great line I read this week. There's a dark side to always looking on the upside. 
In fact, overestimating the likelihood of positive outcomes can cause just as much pain and displeasure as assuming the worst, because both are unrealistic expectations of the future. So what are we trying to get at here? What's the point of this little psychological tangent? Today we're gonna talk a bit about pain. We're gonna talk about those moments in life when things hurt, when they don't go as you might expect them, and how we might approach those moments. The pessimists, they see those moments coming from a mile away and they're never surprised by them. Right? If you set your expectations low enough, you will never be disappointed. That's not really how we want to go through life. The eternal optimist tells themselves that everything is great, but when it's not, they force out yet another smile. They might appear happy, but they're consistently bouncing back and forth from just slightly met expectations to complete letdown. There must be another way. This morning, you're going to be introduced to some ancient wisdom that we can all tap into. It's a a third way, an elevated way, a way to respond to all the pain and hardship of life. And we call it hope. Real life, nitty gritty hope that's not affected by curveballs or pain because hope is playing a bigger game. Hope is not dependent on positive outcomes. It's rooted in the development and refining of our character and our connection with God. So in just a moment, Bryn Kurtz, one of our summer interns, is going to talk to us about this type of hope. Now, she's worked hard on this the last couple of weeks. She has read some large chunks of scripture has written multiple drafts and has poured herself into this, but, but none of those reasons are why I think you should listen to her this morning. I think you should listen closely because as I've come to know Bryn over the last five years, she embodies this type of hope. I've come to know that she has a deep faith in God, a deep love for others, and a deep well of hope that keeps her going even when the going gets hard. And so, Bryn, we are grateful for your courage to speak this morning. With a warm round of applause, why don't we welcome Bryn to this moment. Thank you. Well, to follow what Pastor Josh has already talked to us about, in my opinion, sometimes the pain is not always meant for us to be protected from. And while I'm sure many of us, myself included, have been met with some hardships, faced some unexpected situations, and confronted challenges where we looked for some form of guidance and comfort, we have learned, as we have been reading the Bible together, that many other characters have also had the same experiences and have sought out the same things. As many characters in the Bible have shown us, things don't always go as planned. Just ask Abraham and Sarah, who weren't able to bear children until they were 90 years old. Or Jacob, who was tricked into marrying Leah. Or Moses' mother, who had no choice but to send her son down a river in nothing but a basket with some cloth. 
And while we could sit here and unpack all of these characters' hardships individually, I want to turn our focus to a character who I think exemplifies what it means to trust in God most, even when there seems to be no hope or reason. In Acts chapters 9 through 28, we see that Paul, the author of today's passage, faces numerous challenges while on his journey to follow God. Not only does he go blind for a few days, he's also arrested three times, beaten and stoned, and shipwrecked on multiple occasions. Now, I don't know about you, but not only are those events far more severe than any of the battles that I have ever fought, but they also would probably be enough for me to, at the very least, question what God was trying to do. And honestly, you would think that a question or two about what God is trying to do during situations such as Paul's would be pretty warranted. And yet, Paul manages to keep moving, trusting, and believing. Today, we are going to read a passage from Paul's letter to the church in Rome. He writes his letter later in life and has already experienced many of his hardships. In this passage, he shares his perspective on the challenges of his life. From Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been made righteous through his faithfulness, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace with God through him, and we boast in the hope of, his, of God's glory. But not only that, we take pride in our problems we, because we know that trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. This hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I know there's a lot to unpack there, but I just think that these verses are so incredibly powerful. To help us break it, break it down a little bit, I want you to think to yourself, have you ever had an experience similar to Paul's? Seriously, think of one, because that always helps me. Well, I know that you probably have not been shipwrecked, at least not as many times as Paul was, but was there ever a time when things did not go as planned and you learned something from it, gained something from it even? In the moment, you were frustrated with how things were going. You couldn't see a way out. It felt like all the odds were stacked against you. But then, as the storm passed, you realized that you had learned something from the situation, gained something from it even. I know I have. And honestly, I love those moments. Not the ones where I'm in the middle of all the chaos and the change, but the ones at the end of the struggle, where I can see that I not only overcame everything that seemed to be sent to destroy me, but when I can also identify all the reasons for why I needed to face the challenges that I did. During the past four years of my high school experience, I, like many others, felt as though I was the only person in the world who had to face all the challenges that I did. Did I really face that many? No, probably not. But it felt like enough for me to at least question what God was trying to do, what he was trying to teach and show me. Sometimes I just feel so oblivious to what he's trying to do. More specifically, I would feel these moments of confusion, anger, and frustration when God would remove people from my life without any reason as I saw it. In my mind, I would wonder, why would God put something or someone in my life if he had the intention, had the intention of eventually just ripping it all away? It feels like he's almost teasing me in this constant, never-ending cycle. He provides the opportunity for me to form some kind of amazing friendship with someone who I learn to value, who holds great, imp great importance in my life, just for it to only last so long and eventually fade away. 
And during these moments, I had a choice to make, just as we all do when these kind of hardships arise. When these kind of unfor unfortunate circumstances occur, God provides us with the opportunity to decide whether or not we will be optimistic, pessimistic, or hopeful. In my instance, if I choose to be overly optimistic, I would probably ignore the problems, claiming that everything would turn out all right, there isn't actually anything wrong with our friendship, and by overlooking the toxic aspects, everything would turn out just fine. Contradictory, I could choose to be overly pessimistic. I could never open my Bible or look for God's guidance. I could convince myself that I was never meant to have any friends and isolate myself in a tunnel of dark and despair. But what I decided to do and what ultimately ended what ultimately ended up taking me in the right direction was choosing to remain hopeful. Through turning to God's word for guidance, not losing faith, and knowing that I had God to rely on during my time of need, I was able to endure everything that I was going through with him by my side. I was able to face the challenges head on, embrace the struggles that I was confronting, and learn from them. During these times of conflict or difficulty, not only is God always with us, but he is also always working to make us stronger. Every day, God is helping us grow, striving to make us wiser, more patient, forgiving, faithful, and all around more like him. I can confidently say that each time I faced a challenging situation, God had always been right there to open my eyes and help me navigate the storm. I discovered this as I continued to turn to my Bible during difficult moments. Through reading his word, God helped me persevere, gaining knowledge and traits that I would not have otherwise received. Personally, I would turn to my Bible and read various passages about trusting in God, about listening as he tries to speak to us, about having faith when he seems to be still or silent, and about why he does what he does. But instead of directly answering, addressing the answers that I saw out, God responded in a different way. As I looked for answers, I instead learned that God doesn't put us in painful situations. Rather, he's there to help guide and support us. During moments of difficulty, God is constantly there, empowering and caring for us. God uses these moments of change and struggling to help us learn valuable lessons. He uses these moments to teach us how to be resilient, confident, and trust in him. Personally, God taught me to persevere. Sorry, personally, God taught me to persevere by helping me remove toxic distractions from my life, ones that sometimes in my case stemmed from the people I was surrounding myself with. God was able to help me see clear by removing gossip, complaining, negative self-images, distrust, worry, and so much more from my life. I was able to rely on his word to show me how to be more like him. God taught me how to be independent, self-reliant, calm during times of discomfort, how to respect myself and others, and most importantly, to trust in him. He taught me that I am never alone, that he will always be there with me, and that his love is everlasting. Now, as a result of learning these incredible lessons from him, I then had an easier time seeking out others who provided the same characteristics as the ones God had just taught me. I began surrounding myself with people who I know exemplify the traits that God is proud of. And God has guided me into a group of people who are generous, 
selfless, patient, kind, thoughtful, ambitious, and demonstrate all of God's amazing qualities. This is the most important thing that we can learn from Paul, how to trust in God's plan. I mean, Paul said it almost perfectly. Trouble produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope. In other words, facing tough experiences allows us to gain characteristics that we otherwise would not have gotten. By opening ourselves up to experiencing painful situations, we open ourselves up to God's wisdom and teaching. We open ourselves up to be molded by him and to become more like him. We must continue to trust in his plan and what he has in store for us, believing that all things that come from him are good and are made to make us stronger. Amen.